1: Hello, Rich. What's up? I'm trying to find a car insurance broker that can cover classic high-performance or highly modified cars.
0: Well, there's Adrian Flux. When I needed to cover my 900-horsepower street-legal electric dragster, they didn't even blink. Really? Well, they might have blinked, but it was on the phone, so I couldn't really see them. Hmm. I hope they blinked at some point, otherwise you get, you know, really dry eyes. Oh, yeah, that is true. This episode of the Smith & Sniff podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny
1: Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars, and this week, urban exploring in a scrapyard. Have you seen that Ineos Grenadier that they announced last week?
0: Yeah, I was on the online um, press unveil. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, I was, yeah, where they did it all via Zoom. With the CEO and the designers, yeah, it was actually really cool. Huh. I enjoyed it. Hang on, I'm just shutting the door. Just realised <laughs> I started. A, just started recording with the door open. It's uh, no yeah. good, is it? Totally <laughs> on <un-pro. laughs> No, unless you're on five live.
1: Um, they don't care. They
0: don't yeah, care five live. I've really, I've, yeah, I've got one of those very powerful fans. I would have left it on number three. <laughs> just, just let me open this
1: grab bag of quavers, and then we'll be good to go.
0: Oh, it is. It's a crinkle-cut crisp every time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, well, I wasn't invited to the uh, to the INEOS online reveal. Um, oh, Were you? No, and I don't want you to think that's go- that's in any way affected what I'm going to say. It might may- it may be the reason I wasn't invited, because I'd already sort of grumbled a bit online about-, about this thing, and now they've fully revealed it. And I'll be oh. honest, Come I on, simply... Rich. Do not get the point of that car, and I think it's a stupid waste of time, and it annoys me.
0: Oh, really? God, this is yeah. this
1: is a heartfelt response. Well, isn't it? And I realise obviously there's a lot of caveats here. One of them is I have a Land Rover Defender, old style, yes, uh, which I love. But I also fully accept it's a piece of 1950s farm equipment, <laughs> lightly dragged into the 21st century. Yeah. But fundamentally, it's stupid and old-fashioned, and indefensible in many ways and obviously there's no there's no logic to my love of it but at the same time I do accept it is the end of days for something and they had to stop making it they should have stopped making it because it was increasingly completely outclassed I mean you know even people in Land Rover off the record would admit years ago that the best off-roading car they made in the 21st century for a while was the Range Rover Sport Sport yeah. Because if you stuck it on the right tyres, it had all the electronics that would help you off-road. It had air suspension, a nice short wheelbase, shorter than a Range Rover or a, a Discovery. And it would just scamper away, and it was better than a Defender. But they could never really admit that, because the Defender was, you know, sort of like it'd be like the old, dissing the, old... the Queen Mother in <laughs> their world.
0: Well, she did have terrible teeth.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> who's the nicest member of the Royal Family?
0: Well, obviously, it's the Queen Mother. It's not really. She's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: You, you, well, you,
0: you, you opened your kind of soapbox debate using the term end of days, which immediately threw me across to an Enya song. And then I had yeah. to drag myself <laughs> back. But now I've dragged myself back to talk about the Ineos Grenadier. And the first thing I think about with the Grenadiers, I, I keep getting it mixed up with the Bombardier, which is a beer. Oh yeah. You know a British beer? And do you remember yes, R- the the comedian Rick Mail did did the TV adverts once for Bombardier? Yes, he did. It was very very sort of pompous and funny. And every time I hear <laughs> Grenadier, I see it written on social media, I keep having to say it in a sort of drunk colonial way. <laughs> Great have got guy's <laughs> idiot Grenadier. Lovely. It's weird because I lovely. think of grenadine,
1: which is a is a a drink, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It is. It's um, oh. that sort of foreign holiday drink. Yeah, it? oh, it's
1: very... What have you got? What's in the cupboard under the stairs that you brought back from Tenerife? Oh, it's always Grenadier. This Grenadier, is that any good? Yeah, yeah it's, it's... Yeah, anyway. But the car itself reminds me, Kel Friggin Surprise, of a terrible... Soviet state knockoff of a Defender. Oh, I really? It awful. Yeah, it's so lazy. It's like they've just copied, but changed enough that they won't get sued. Oh, but there's no original thinking in it. And it's like, I mean, I know that they wanted it to be square cut and flat sided and all that. Yeah. But a Defender doesn't look exactly like a G-Wagen, which doesn't look exactly like an old Ford Bronco, which are all cars they claim to have benchmarked. And they've just decided we're going to copy the Defender as much as we can. And then you know, even that I notice it looks like it's got those Alpine lights, you know, the little windows in the roof, like a Defender uh, yes, or a Discovery. Yes, that's right. But obviously, yes. they're a bit of a Land Rover signature, so they couldn't just rip them off. So they've had to make them not windows; they're mountings for accessories and stuff. That's but right. It's such a they clear
0: have. crib. You just go. It didn't have to look like that. It's got nice twin sunroofs above the driver and passenger, which I like. Which is only in the front, In fairness. Because- I liked that as well. I thought that was quite. I nice have <laughs> brought you around within
1: two minutes of your. Oh rant. yeah, I've decided I like it. Now. <laughs> no, I just it, it drives me nuts. It's, I think it's a bad piece of design. I think it's lazy. I think some of the detailing is is, is sloppy. It's, you can tell it wasn't done by a, a you know a qualified car designer. It was done by someone who fancied a go at, at car design, and, and people who do that often find, as I gather, the people who did the Dyson car that, that will will never happen. But that was done by non car designers, and they found it harder than they thought. And um, and so I just – I don't like the way it looks because I thought it'll come out, it'll look like a sort of a really clever modern interpretation of my style of Defender and yep. I'll fall in love with it. But no, I hate it. I think it looks – it reminds me of – you know when Land Rover sold sort of the rights to make Land Rovers to different companies? There was Santana in Spain and then through that connection
0: – Everyone making, is going on about it being – what the Defender maybe should have been or... No, it shouldn't. It absolutely should not. It's not trying to look like a Defender. It's trying to look like the thing that was trying to look like the Defender, which is the Santana (laughs) PS10.
1: (laughs) And, you know, the thing about... when Impressionists go, you know, like Rory Bremner or back in the day Mike Yarwood would have gone, "Uh, but this... If Margaret Thatcher was trying to do
0: Scylla Black, I think it would sound a bit like this. It's like you're doing an impression of an impression, and it, it's okay, just well, awful. Look, to its credit, the front is very Santana, and the front is okay. But the more I look at it, the the better I feel about it. I like the back end. I like the the, the sort of kinked rear door with the tailored ladder. But the important things to point out here is is it's got it's got some pretty good credentials. It's built. Or going to be built by a Magna Steyr in Austria, so next to the G-Wagon and the, um... No, no,
1: it's not. It's going to be built in a really cockassed, lengthy production line way because parts of it come from Portugal, and then the engines come from Germany and the gearbox, I guess, which is ZF, and it's all shipped to South Wales, where they're building a new factory in Bridgen, not the old Ford factory. They're building a new factory, I believe, and um, and it's going to be what? final assembly will be there. I thought they were building it. Thought Magna were building it. No, they're doing development work on it. Oh,
0: okay. So well, I've got
1: that wrong. Okay. It's, well, they're going to claim it's British, but actually, most of the parts that go together to make it, which is not uncommon in cars these days, but the 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 uh, the actual bits like the chassis will be made in Portugal, and then yeah. shipped. To axles the UK. are
0: Italian. The the they, they chose Carraro, so they're Italian, like heavy plant, yeah. kind of derived um, straight axles. And they're beam axles. The beam axles, even
1: pickup trucks don't have on the front end anymore. They've they've willfully gone old school on that. But then they've teamed it with a state of the art BMW straight six petrol or diesel engine, and that ZF 8HP gearbox, which is the sort of absolute benchmark of automatic gearboxes in. It today's is. world and everybody in jag and bmw and
0: you can get a man well you, you well you will be able to order it with a man well i believe um really i've not yeah. seen that mentioned anywhere because i didn't know that a manual would mate up to the engine yeah the, the current engines they're using i'm sure they i wrote it down i'm looking at me yeah they did they did mention that you might be able to get a man but yeah straight six petrol and diesel bmw motor who's their engine partner Italian axles made by Carraro, ZF box for automatic, optional reduction boxes. It's it's basically the BMW X5 engine range that they're using. Yeah. Steel body and chassis, aluminium hanging panels, uh, two skylights, flat windscreen, and are, it, it's going to be. They won't release the price yet, but when I when we sort of poke them about it, they said it's going to be above a top end. Ford Ranger Raptor and Wildtrak and the Invincible Hilux kind of price point. Which is? It's 45.
1: Yeah, well, a Ranger Raptor's almost 50.
0: Okay, so, and the, the Defender commercial edition called the hard top was just released yeah so 35
1: plus VAT plus, plus,
0: plus VAT which everyone moans about because they go just say it's 42 we go well, no because if you're a if you're a business person or a farmer you never you always say plus VAT don't you <laughs> claim the VAT that's, back yeah you claim the <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's the thing about that
1: Ineos. i think they're sort of saying it'll be it'll be in the 40s plus fat mm. they haven't mentioned because it'll be classified as a commercial vehicle i believe it's an n1 category yes. car yeah, which is another little sort of cheeky brr, that they haven't really made too much of. That they're they're going to sell it as a commercial vehicle, which is very lovely, you know. But I, I, all those pickups and uh, and latterly defenders were, were commercial vehicles, so yeah, you know that's how it works. But it's uh, and I guess you'll be able to hose it out as
0: well, Rich. Do you know that big whoop yeah, because I mean, everyone yeah. does. Everyone yeah,
1: does. they do, and then and then goes, oh, why are my trousers all wet? Oh, because I got the seats wet. Why does the stereo not work? They've not shown the <laughs> interior as well, have they? But they're saying that I saw the designer saying it'll have all the screens and things that modern consumers expect. It's like, well, why doesn't it have independent front suspension then? Yeah, but it'll be. I mean, I just drove. I drove 150 miles in my Defender uh, last week to go to a meeting, and you're still in hospital, and I'm still in hospital. Yeah, my <laughs> leg is still in plaster. No, it's fine. But I'm an idiot and a masochist, and I just like my Defender. But I just what I don't understand is, and I appreciate this sort of sounds bizarre and hypocritical because I'm sort of ragging on the on the Ineos whilst happily tooling around in what is basically the same sort of car, but the point is the Defender is a brand-new car that was actually a classic. You were buying a brand-new classic, and that's fine. You were. you were, yeah. I don't understand why Ineos has willfully made the car lower tech in some ways than they could because... This idea that it has to be absolutely peerless off road is that's not the way that things work now. I bet the new Defender is peerless off road because it has a boatload of tech and it has air suspension and it is configured in a way that will make it really, really good in all conditions rather than relying on old fashioned sort of mechanical ways of doing it which are fine but it's like don't think that off-road enthusiasts will buy a 50 grand Idios grenade because they won't because they all go and buy 1500 quid discovery twos and then bobtail them if you're a hardcore off-road yeah, yeah. and it's a hobby you don't you're buy a spending. 50 grand brand new car yeah. so then you're left with like well farmers farmers don't spend more money than they need to because they're running a business farms are businesses you don't want to spunk your money away so what you do is you go and buy uh, a hilux or an
0: l200 or an isuzu and you claim the vat back farmers ruin cars don't yes. they? Because, yeah. you know, a cow just back kicks the side of your Hilux about two weeks after you buying it. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you never repair the dent because what's the point? Exactly.
1: But, but that's fine. It's a working tool. It needs to be as cheap and as tough to buy, to run. Uh, and that means that you know where the bits come from. You know they're affordable. A BMW straight six engine connected to a ZF eight speed automatic gearbox is not rough and tough countryside technology it's a technology from an urban suv and you've Mm. applied it to something i just i where i'm going with this is i do not understand who is going to buy that car it's not farmers. I don't think... The problem is it doesn't look good enough for it to appeal to urbanites who would have maybe been looking at the new Defender or people who may be like you, know, like, like you have got a chimney because it's a cool yeah. little thing and it's got that functional utilitarian appeal to it. I, I think this yeah. INEOS falls between two stools and it is neither one thing nor the other. It's low-tech in one way, high-tech in another... It's it's supposed to be completely functional and yet actually its it sort of turned its back on ways in which it could be more effective by using technology
0: and it's just too expensive and it's na- it's named after a pub but or I,
1: a kind of liquid you come back from Greece with
0: after I, holiday. I, I see I I mean I, I'm almost glad that it exists because I think it it, it, it feels similar to to people and maybe I'm one of those people that would buy a, a diver's watch that completely ill suited to what I would put it to on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I like I like the fact that it's been built so that it's incredibly robust and it can withstand this, that and the other. But realistically like the most water mine gets is on bathing my children and mm. washing it, and washing a car with a pressure washer. And um, but I guess I know oh but it could do that. And that's what Land Rover has sold the Dreams on for years. But oh, yeah. The, yeah, I absolutely. suppose the difference, the difference is, is many of these components, and actually I don't, and the front end is a bit of a grow up. I can imagine you could accessorise it up a bit. I th- I think the price point is probably the bit which has killed it a little. Because, hmm. because like you say, if you were going for a utilitarian market, that utilitarian market, you've got to convince that utilitarian market that it's utilitarian. And you're going to buy it and own it for in excess of a decade. If you're going to yeah. buy it, buy it for ten to fifteen years, which is old school way of owning a car. Yeah. Then maybe this will work. And may, and if you love it enough, and you you dig the, you, you know the heavy plant axles and the fact that it's feels like it's going to be unbreakable with a separate body chassis, um, then 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 great. But it doesn't have the legacy to to fall back on, which is. Where Land Rover has always done, even when they come bottom of reliability surveys, people still Every go, "Yeah, year, but it's, yeah. but it's, but it's a Range Rover, so I love it." But it's a Range Rover, and that's what surprises me about Range Rover is that they can they can almost consistently get mocked for being um, electrical riddled with electrical gremlins, but people still adore the bloody things they still adore them the
1: loyalty is extraordinary isn't it as a a friend of mine in the US um it took him three faulty Range Rovers before he gave up buying Range Rovers (laughs) it's like did you not you didn't you didn't even think that uh, no okay fine yeah it's just like it's
0: yeah it's a bit like you know it's a bit like coming home from work and the Labrador is shat on your bed um and you're you're slightly upset about it but then it comes along and it licks your face so it's all okay. But you go. There's still a poo on my bed, though, isn't there? <laughs> so I'm still not well, massively I happy. I mean,
1: most people I know. Though not all, but most people I know who've ever had a Range Rover of any age have had a bit of, a bit of aggro with it. And yeah. yet, I would have a Range Rover like a shot. I, I love them. I just I think there there's nothing else feels like a full size Range Rover. Even other Range Rovers don't quite get close. You know, a sports or a Velar, they don't feel like the big daddy. And yeah. there's something very nice. About it, it's almost hard to explain what it is. But they're just there's a sense of well-being. But yeah, I mean, their quality is it's it's so variable, isn't it? There's not mm. even sort of known faults. It's like a, a mate of mine had a full-size lash shaped Range Rover, and it's like one of the headlights kept going out. And then, and again, yeah, loyalty slash glutton for punishment. <laughs> he he got a sport. His mum had her, uh, stop her, her, stop stop stop. What say it again? I oh, Beg your pardon. Uh, he got a spowat.
0: <laughs> smo Uh My, You can't even see my neck. It's bobbing to oh, and my fro. My, at one point, my
1: chin retracted into my neck like a turtle for some
0: reason. <laughs> <laughs> smo
1: Yeah, anyway, he got one of those. Uh, there was his mum's. His mum had had it from New And so he knew where that car had come from. It had come from his mum, and she'd done very few miles in it, and she's an older lady and a gentle driver. And then he had it, and it just was a litany of disaster, including that the engine packed up. And as it was being loaded onto the recovery truck, he heard this and it started dropping onto its bump stops. And he said to the bloke, what's going on? And the guy just went... Looks like your suspension's failing mate, and it's like it's literally developed another fault while it's being pulled onto a recovery wagon it's uh, i mean oh. he got rid of that car pretty soon after, but he had to pay to have it mended first and and he's still he's just bought another range Rover so, seriously, yeah well not even not just actually he's just he, he bought it i think last year and and he's very happy with it and has had no problems with it so that's the thing you just don't know you roll the dice but you know someone once explained to me that the, the word quality in the car industry generally is sort of referring to being able to build something repeatably to a high standard quality is about consistency and that i think is where land rover let themselves down it's the inconsistency of their cars where you might get a good one you might not they have yeah. a sort of a bit of a roll-the-dice kind of thing, which, you know, in fairness, I have to say, I have had no problems with my Defender um except that <laughs> well
0: that's because it's basically it it's a piece well, of charcoal with a pencil driven yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like yeah. I I check it every day and it seems fine it's because yeah, it's so all it's like it is is the door
1: still open well one of them does No, it's good yeah. the only thing the only problem I ever had was was um not long after I'd got it one of the side repeaters missed it up uh you know got condensation in it and I had to when it when it went in for its first service they replaced it for me under warranty but apart from that it has been touch wood Absolutely fine, but like, yeah, there's not much to go wrong.
0: I, th- I think let's let's live and let live, let the Ineos uh, Grenadine live because there's so many people constantly moaning about the defender, the new defender not being like the old defender. You know, mm. things weren't like, things shouldn't be like that. Blah blah blah. The world's changed. I remember when it was all fields, yeah. and that's fine. <laughs> so so go and go and fill your boots, and you can, now you you can put your money where your mouth is if you actively don't want a basic a more basic um commercial spec uh, defender this I reckon the same money ish uh, including that will go on a um, an Ineos. so make your decision and the other thing is or just just go and order a South African land cruiser that you know that super simple spec land cruiser you can still buy?
1: Yeah, they do them in Australia Which, as well, the 70 series. Yeah, Yeah,
0: you, you can still buy a, like a new old stock, one of those effectively. So, And I couldn't, can't help being tempted by that if I was in the market. Yeah, me too. Do you know what it is as well? It's just because there's
1: a sort of integrity to it. It's like you know where it's come from. You know they've been doing it for decades. So it's been sort of honed to perfection. Yeah. Because Toyota have a policy of continuous improvement, which I sort of suspect that Land Rover have forgotten a bit. I don't think the Defender evolved very much unless it had to. But I feel yeah. like Toyota will have just just worked away at that car. You know, They'll have heard some reports that there's a, there's, a, there's a bit that lets in dust and it gently wears at something over time. So then they'll sort out a new seal for it. And so as of 1982 they were they they had a better seal on some there was an extra
0: lobe on the extrusion of rubber that you don't you never hear about nobody talks about it no but it's just there well and 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 yeah maybe i mean the the thing is is my 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 Suzuki Jimny is 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 a terribly flawed car in many ways but but Mm. you see you you pays your money and you make your choice that car is very utilitarian but yet yes it has got a few pieces of technology in it, but it cost me eighteen thousand quid brand new. Mm. There's a there's a massive difference. I last That's time I checked it. between eighteen and forty something thousand pounds. And, yeah. and, and 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 how badly do you want something? The Jimny is cheap,
1: relatively. Yeah. And it looks great, and it comes from a company with a long pedigree of making cars like that. Yeah, the, reliable too. The yeah. Ineos is expensive. To my eyes, it's ugly and quite amateurishly designed, and it's <laughs> it's from a company that makes chemicals and plastic. And I just don't get it. This is but my ultimate point is I just don't know who is actually going to buy it for that money. I think twenty five thousand a year they're going to try for. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't. What, one of my buy.
0: questions to the to them when they put the questions out was: Are you going to make an electric one? Um, I, uh, P.S. I know last week you bought BP's petrochemicals. Um, side of the business, um, and they and they kind of went. Oh well, we've considered it with the type of people we expect to buy it. We but we think we're going to hold out and go for hydrogen. Ah. They'll probably offer it as a hydrogen a fuel cell vehicle at some point. But you know what? We have. Oh, we we could talk about this for the whole damn podcast. We haven't even mentioned uh, Nick Nikola and the Cybertruck and the Rivian R One T. All fully electric, all very interesting, all terrain vehicles, and uh, the Bollinger as well. That's still, around, of course, it? yeah. The yeah, bo- ha- the Bollinger, electric. Bollinger, yeah. Do you know what? And that I think more than anything, that it, that's sort of the DNA of a series two Land Rover yeah. because that is super simple and super yes. slabby. I mean, they've really
1: gone ultra slabby. That's the thing, but I would love to get a bunch of—I don't know why any of us didn't do this—but get a bunch of car design students and just go make a twenty-first century super functional car, so that it, it treads that line between you know, because because often very functional things are also very attractive things, aren't they? they yes, yeah, I think you know, so. Form, form follows function. Concorde looks the way it does because it had to for aerodynamic reasons. There's no styling there, it was just aerodynamic function of
0: a supersonic airliner. And it looks like know. the finger of a terror hawk, I think. Um <laughs> the Concorde. <laughs> or the thing from the Dark Crystal, which I can't remember the name of. Oh, Do you um, remember the yeah. Jim Henson's yeah. bloody dark crystal? <laughs> I don't know what it was called. Um, it looked like a sort of which mixed with the crow oh and the other thing the other off-roader we haven't even mentioned is the um toyota fj cruiser which has gone out of production now but you know that i think and you mentioned about toyota's quality if if toyota had kept that car going or if they brought it back but with um a more efficient drivetrain option um that is a, such a good piece of design it's got that right balance between being lo- uh, slightly luxurious but still incredibly rugged the price mm. point was really low it looked spectacular i still mm. think it was and lo- the people the, the, they, they've developed a whole cult cult in themselves haven't they The people that own them absolutely love them and the aftermarket's gone crackers for them and I still want a right-hand drive one. I do, Rich.
1: Well, I I always wondered why they didn't sell them in the UK and then I saw one in real life in the US and they're deceptively massive, aren't they? It's, they're scaled for America, I think.
0: Yeah, they are I a bit, bit Lego Duplo bit, bit,
1: bit big here. Um but yeah, yeah the th- thing is that's the point. I mean that was pure style, wasn't it really? I mean I'm sure it was all right off-road because it had a, you know, had a, a, a Land Cruiser chassis underneath, but yeah, that was a styling exercise first and foremost which is fine because that's how people most people buy cars they can pretend it's like well i need something that goes off road but no you bought it because it looks nice i've just remembered something else the ultimate example i think in recent times of a car that was pure function but looked quite cool as a result of it and didn't see light of day was that do you see that thing the ox that gordon murray did yes it was meant for for developing countries and it was a flat pack car and the function in that was superb you know things like i think the the bench seats in the back were designed to be taken out and used as sand ladders if you needed them yeah and it had a transit powertrain but they realized that you don't need the six speed box that came with a lot of transits with that engine because in the developing world you're not going on a motorway and you need a cruising gear so they saved weight by just putting the five-speed
0: in, and it's just stuff like that where you go, it's just the thought about this, it's intelligent, but I thought that looked quite groovy. Don't go stealing this idea for the Grand Tour. I really wanted to build one of those, in, in you know, like, indoors somewhere, or or take one across to, like, Sark um, in in bags and build well, it.
1: Well, I hate to break it to you, we, this is exactly what we wanted to do on the Grand Tour, and we were talking to the Ox people the whole project has, has i think now dissolved away so on the grand tour we made our own we made our own flat pack car and we did a whole thing where um where uh the presenters had to build it and then escape from um um what was the country they went to i can't even remember it was brilliant it's one of my favorite things we ever did on the grand tour actually it's really good but yeah anyway that ox. i think it's not it's
0: not pretty but that's almost it's not because supposed it was, to be. So
1: yeah, exactly. You go, well it's not meant to be. It's not been styled. Anything on it is for function. So it sort of has integrity.
0: If you want a proper functional car um that nobody knows about, look up Laurel Log. Laurel Log? Yeah, no, it sounds like a bad comedian from the sort of black and white era. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> or
1: I was picturing for some reason um a sort of Lana Del Rey style singer, <laughs> but a drag act.
0: Oh, okay. So we're a drag Lana Del Rey. Yeah, and she well, comes on like a bad dog. Well, <laughs> oh, it's loyal. Log, brilliant. She's a Yeah, L L A W I L, loyal. Lo- lo- I think it's Italian or Portuguese. L A W I L, L, and then log. L O G. I mean, calling a car a log in, in these days is quite amusing. Low will. Low will. Low low Lowell 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 will It's, lo, it's, it's Lowell low, No it's Please welcome on State It is a micro sort of truck thing Are you looking it up as we speak?
1: I am But I've got a micro car And then I've got a uh, uh, the, Yeah there's a little truck thing They did a truck thing Not And a lot of, Oh And then there's a There's a, a Lowell William Which is a, t- a little van thing Oh yes like that's Postman it the, Pat's the van
0: Oh yeah they did the Willem The Willem oh, Willem Willem yeah which was also made under license i think by lambretta Wow. um but the 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 um the lo- lo- if you could buy me like when you're really rich or when smith and sniff makes us multimillionaires which clearly it's not going to um could you buy me a loyal log sure cuz i just want to have a car called a, called a log <laughs> And it, looked, it just looks so so spectacularly simple. I want everybody who's listening to this podcast to go, I've got to Google Laurel Log. And for the first time ever, Google will have more than eight people worldwide go Googling Laurel Log. Why not? We'll put some pictures on Twitter,
1: but then encourage people to search Twitter and it'll start trending. And everyone will go, what oh. the bloody hell is going on here? I'd absolutely love that. A Laurel Log. Well, uh, while we encourage everyone to go and lay a log, uh, it's probably time for a short promotional message.
0: Hey, Rich, what's the worst thing about getting a car insurance quote? Well, it's filling out the online form, obviously. Exactly. So what if I told you there's a car insurance broker that can give you a personalised quote from a real human being on the phone? Get away. It's all true. It's Adrian Flux Insurance. Well, I'm going to ring them right now. Well, hold up. Don't do that yet, because we've got to finish recording this podcast, yeah? Hmm, fair point. This episode of the Smith & Sniff podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux Insurance.
1: Uh, explain to me why you put a photograph on social media of what appeared to be a mark II cavalier sort of dangling on top of a tree
0: <laughs> well this this week uh, just gone I've I've, I've I've made a video on on my car pervert youtube channel which is urban exploring planning for your next trip in multi- multiple car decay. Do you know about urban exploring?
1: Oh, yeah. Because some urban explorers got me into the old uh, rover factory at Longbridge the oh, year yeah, that's... It closed. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever done in my life. Because, I, bet it was, I bet it was so exciting. I mean, Longbridge, when it shut down um, for about two three years maybe more after that it, it was sort of perfectly preserved while they were working out what to do with it and the new Chinese owners were, were stripping stuff out but then putting back the assembly line for the MGTF and everything and a lot of the site was sort of just left and it became this wow. urban exploring mother load and I got in touch with a couple of guys who were big in that scene because the the true purists as well, I guess you know that you, you've done it you know they 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 believe that you. Uh, first of all, you never break in. No. You find a legit way of just sneaking in. Yes, and you never take anything. You never disturb anything. You just take photographs. That's right. And and it's uh, UK law. Trespass is not a criminal offence. It's a civil matter. So the landowner would have to come after you uh, and uh, demonstrate damages. So it's it's not breaking the law as such. I mean, it's, I guess it is, but it's not a criminal offence. So it's it's kind of it's polite law-breaking yes exactly and if you do it right and you're not a knob about it then yeah no harm no foul um, exactly the the Longbridge <clears throat> thing was unbelievable because I met them in a McDonald's car park at sort of <laughs> 11 o'clock at night or something maybe even later and we went and there was a way they'd found in to the property which was where a metal fence met an old stone bridge that went over a railway one of the railway lines that went into the factory. Oh, okay, okay. And there was a gap because the stone had a sort of base and then where it tucked in to then get to the main brickwork, there was just a gap between the metal and the stone. And you had to put your foot on the the stonework and sort of then loft yourself through this gap and it,
0: oh my gosh, it, f- it feels like you're narrating an Enid Blyton yeah, who was a bit, like famous five book. Five go urban exploring.
1: She missed the trick there. but then She totally We did. arrive then, we're on the factory land, but we're at the bottom of a very, very steep hill with trees on it that you had to scramble up and you came out just on the edge of one of the access roads around the site. So we get to the top of this slope and then suddenly a car drives by very slowly it's an mgzt with security in it of course and so we all ducked down in these trees and it drove on and then there was it went onto the roof for people who've ever seen that longbridge site before they knocked it down there was a building called the flight shed which was latterly their research and development place and at the end of it it had a, a, a tacked on bit of building with a flat roof on it. it was a car park and it drove onto this flat roof which was at the same level as the bit of land we were on and then we could hear barking, and I was like, What's that? And the two guys went, Oh, yeah, forgot to mention security has dogs. And I was like, What the but you didn't tell me this? And I was thinking, if the dog, if he releases the dog now, it's going to run after us. The only way out is run across the open land into the factory. Kick it in the muzzle. Oh, kick I it in the muzzle. Kick a dog. I, I, said, I could.
0: Really? Oh, well, oh, in a situation, I was all prepped to when we were Urban Xing. I said, if, if a dog comes at me, I'll kick it in the muzzle. I, well actually i hadn't thought of that i, I couldn't i don't
1: think i, I may be in the heat of the moment but it's the same as a shark you've got to kick it in the nose well you, yeah you Do bang it. them on the nose don't you but it makes their eyes water yeah. which i've never understood because they're surrounded Under by the water. water anyway <laughs> 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 oh no you've added more um
0: <laughs> so i don't get that
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, or is it tigers that you... makes their eyes Anyway, but yeah, we and I thought the only way out of this is to go back down the slope, but it's incredibly steep, and you will just tumble down through the trees and break an arm, or run across open ground and get bitten by the dog so thankfully the yeah. guy kept the dog in the car and he was just having a fag or something and then of course he was we waited for him to move off and then we scuttled into the nearest sort of open doorway because all the doors were open and just wandered around the factory and it was the most extraordinary thing was like you know sort of the cliche of the marie celeste it was like that it's like everyone had just gone home for the night you know we went into some of the offices and there were jackets hanging on chairs and mugs on desks and calendars that were all on march 2005, which is when the place shut down, so or April, whenever. Was my
0: it? gosh, I remember spooky you telling me AF. about this.
1: Yeah, it's one of the most extraordinary things I've ever done in my life. It was just, just mad. And of course, it's all been knocked down now, so you know, it's sort of, it was, it was a, a golden opportunity. Um, but it yeah, was. spooky was. like the, the all on the production line, body shells hanging from the slings, you know, for as they move down the production line. And, um, yeah, one of the bit I shat my pants several times on this. One of them is we went into the paint shop and. As I later discovered, paint shops, uh, if you shut them down completely, all the paint that's in the pipes just coagulates, and that's it. You've basically written off your expensive paint-making equipment. So yeah. you can leave them on an automated cycle where it sort of flows stuff through the pipes to keep it keep it all working. And so we were sort of in the bowels of the paint shop, and suddenly there was this... And I absolutely... Oh. Sh- <laughs> it was just the machinery doing one of its maintenance cycles and then we went into the main production like one of the assembly halls and there's just cars just sort of trapped in time just moving you know part assembled cars on the line but there's all these red big red led boards that do you know line status and whatever rate of cars and all the rest of it yeah and and one of those huge red sign just as we walked around the corner just flashed up hello and i i was like they're watching us someone's watching us and it was just like no it's just it's just trapped in a in a in a sort of boot up cycle of some sort but yeah spooky so yes anyway long answer to your question i have done urban exploring and it was amazing uh, but you you went an urban explorer Mark II cavalier in a tree <laughs>
0: Well, I, I I got in touch with a guy who has a YouTube channel that just does urban X, but he's really into cars as well. And he he given me uh, he said, um, "I'm prepared to take you to this place where I think there's about 250 to 300 classics between the 30s and the 90s." And sure enough, we get we we went on the hottest day of the year, and there were like seven foot stinger nettles, a lot of sweat. <laughs> um, and we we, we 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 found a way in which didn't involve destruction. And as with always, all we did is take photos and leave footsteps and that was that. Hmm. But it was unbelievable when I mean, we couldn't get round and see it all. But we found some fantastic cars, 30s commercial vehicles, old Land Rovers, um, old Rovers, 80s BMWs, 60s Mini Travellers, split screen Morris Miners. And we even found... A flipping Jensen interceptor. No, we what found it. Hell? We found a Jensen interceptor. I couldn't believe it. We found this bloody thing. I managed to clear a lot of the stingers l- around it, and it's still got the whole interior in it. Um, did you?
1: Did you take a saw?
0: I didn't take a saw because I thought it would look aggressive. If oh, we were right. caught, <laughs> we took um, some secretaries. I, t- do you know what I did take, which is, I, I didn't actually tell um, the bearded explorer about it, which is his name, who I, who I went with. I took um, a backpack, which was actually a small call cool box, and I brought a picnic with me. And I thought, that's a really, <laughs> <it's> a really <laughs> stupid <laughs> oh, thing to do because I ended up not eating it on the journey because it was a bit stressful. You know, we had to sneak around, and it was very hot and sweaty. And I thought, why have I got a full? fucking picnic in my backpack i'm such a twat should have just left it in the car but um it was it was seriously exciting and and hopefully the people will appreciate the video but if you like seeing cars that are beyond help largely left why? for dead i mean cortina why, why mark 1s why were, ones, these, cars, why there was were a, these cars there it was the it's the back end uh, uh, an o- the overgrown back end of an existing metal recycling plant, and I think it dates back to the thirties and it 's not that far from an old r a f base which I think explains some of the old commercial vehicles that have trees growing through them i mean we 're talking split window lorries we 're talking um yeah cars from the fifties that ha that have that are sat complete. And returning to Earth. So complete to the point where there's still a fan belt on the engine. I oh mean, it, I mean, like nobody's even robbed bits off them. So in a normal scrapyard, they would be be used as donors, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'd be and, and in a normal scrapyard, you wouldn't see a, a Cortina still sat there that hadn't been banger aced. And you wouldn't see a Rover P4 that hadn't been banger aced. I mean, we found we found stuff that you just go well if this was owned by a banger racer that would have gone around the track 30 years ago 20 years ago but i mean some of it was just incredible i mean that found a yeah bmw 735i from 1985 what? just ju- just opposite that just opposite that a Reg cavalier that was just perched really high up yeah i mean we found some strange dereliction was well, any of this stuff savable do you think or is it just all rotted beyond some right. of it i think some of it was saveable i actually found an austin allegro two door and uh, I, i'm slightly embarrassed to say i got more excited about it than the split was <laughs> split window morris minor that was right next to it yeah, even enough. though the split window morris minor but it's like oh my god it's an allegro and it's a two door oh my gosh look at it and it was complete it had a really nice interior in it and i actually am going to try and buy buy. i mean i'm going to try and see if we can save the interceptor because i feel like it deserves to live on in some way it shouldn't be sat there but you went in here sneaky sneaky so the owners of the place didn't know you were there exactly we went in there in an urban x way so we snuck around. We took only video footage, and so there's quite a lot of um, David Attenborough-style whispering, and there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of crunching through dry um, um, underbrush, and there's quite a lot of maybe panting in places. We found a lot of capris. I'm going to tell you that we found one capri which had no windows in it, and the interior had almost been turned into a garden. It looked it was freaky. The interior was just sort of full of moss and ferns. It was it was so exciting. I think you're the sort of person that would appreciate it. No, I'm really jealous. But you're, you've well, maybe one day I'll take you there, Rich, and we'll take a picnic. Yeah. We'll do a <laughs> we'll do a Smith and, a, and Sniff no, uh, a, urban I picnic. Bring bring a saw. Um, but the is this actually? The yeah, should we do a scrap scrapyard picnic? We should do a scrapyard picnic. A scrapyard Shall picnic. <laughs> scrapyard scrap scrap yard With picnic. Smith and Sniff. That's I, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a honey trap for Damon Albarn and his whistling essays.
0: Oh, Scrapyard, scrapyard Snacks. snacks. <laughs> With Smith and Smith. Well, when we were recording the last Scribblings album, we were saying, Scrapyard Snacks, and we thought, oh, uh, oh, yeah, it sounds all right, Scrapyard yeah. Snacks. Uh, started doing some percussion and then we were just, just whistling a little went bit. Went to yeah. Somalia, get some percussionists. <laughs> <laughs> Somalia? Yeah, but then went to scrapyard in th- South East England. So, so, so. So, so that, uh, I, oh one what one thing we did see uh, was uh well we you with your defender head on well i found a defender it was a 110 commercial mm-hmm. uh k, k reg 93 oh. and again totally complete actually looked quite good yeah and um it was right next to the interceptor and i found some BL, we found some British Leyland CAC, and found a marina that the front had rotted off it, mm-hmm. j- around where the where the windscreen wiper um, panel is. It had f- actually fallen off, so it was pointing down when the rest of the car was pointing off of it. Oh,
1: a my bit. God. Yeah. Bloody, um, <laughs> uh, it was an escort we saw in that field of stuff that was going for auction when we shot that vid for Smith yeah. & Smith. That is escort that esc- the front had sort of just flopped off. Drooped but, off. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Escort Mark One van, yes. wasn't it? So I think yeah. ended up yeah.
1: selling for some idiotic money, but I don't know why because it was ruined. I mean, anyway, um,
0: this is, yeah. so is this, place, <laughs> this this scrapyard. Sort of knock, Is it in the countryside? Yeah, it is. It's in the countryside. Yeah, it's on a and quite a long, quite a long road, which you'd normally go along quite fast. All oh, right, and not, and you cut. You certainly from the road, you wouldn't see any of. Of the vehicles, but there's a public footpath that goes all the way around to the back, which is um, easily accessible. And if you peer through the fencing, you can see. Like I, I first clocked a two-door Range Rover vertical slack grill and then i spied not one but two ford probes oh my god And one of them yeah you'll have to watch the video but one of them i i thought uh, there was an image that summed up 2020 perfectly it was a it was a vandalized ford probe with a caravan on its roof <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and i thought and I, I and i thought that's there's 2020 right there of, as, a, as a piece of imagery, yeah. How's twenty twenty been for you, mate? Well,
1: for a picture a vandalised Ford Probe with a caravan on the roof. Oh god! <laughs> oh
0: my god! Oh, that that a horrific bad. image. That bad.
1: Um, that's oh, That's extraordinary. But the video is
0: on your car perf channel. Nye, nye, nye. It's Nigh. it's on there. Nye, and you and please, you must watch it for sure. And yeah, there, there's 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 a lot of derelict cars. There's a lot of sexy dereliction going on. Uh, which is again another album by the gorillas probably at some point
1: sex and dereliction sex South Africa to get some musicians for the (laughs) studio recordings someone put a kettle on is there an old fashioned kettle on no it's just David Albon's just talking again with his (laughs) whistly voice do you
0: know the um, go go back to the Grenadier
1: yeah I know you want to Mm hmm. I just go down.
0: Of course, you've got Grenadier, and then you've, you've got the, the, the what was the thing that I thought? Bombardier, which is the British beer. Mm. But all those old, the, all those traditional military terms. There was a guy who used to live at the top of our cul de sac when I was very young,
1: mm.
0: who everyone just called the Colonel. And I, sw- I mean, he's, he's long gone now. He was old when I was about six or seven. But he he was probably not even a Colonel. I mean, I don't even know. He might have just been called the colonel and not even a colonel. What I do know is he was fond of booze. And, <laughs> and he was a very very, very, very large man. <laughs> he used to walk he used to walk back from the pub exceptionally slowly. Like, you know, a sort of shuffle. One of the one of the legs scraped across the floor and the other one did a walk <laughs> scrape then a walk. But he, he was one of those guys quite a rotund gentleman that pulled his trousers up a little too high, and it looked like someone had sort of put a tuner down his trousers. <laughs> a, what's that term when you've got more tr- more tummy in your trouser than than leg
1: I, the, yeah i know what you mean where you sort of look like you know what weeble. i mean yeah um he was he was that oh he was God. that it's a good idea though isn't it i think i might start just telling people to call me brigadier and
0: uh, what and just let let them, let let them assume the that i was
1: a you know ex-military man and, and you know why actually brig brigadier porter it's actually got a lovely ring to it it? i was there was a pub near where i grew up where (laughs) the landlord was slightly fearsome and was always referred to as the captain and i'm never sure if that was legit military he he
0: wasn't a captain no i
1: don't think you know he wasn't i just remember the immortal phrase i think some of my mates we were in their underage drinking and then the landlord appeared and someone went, oh, shit, it's the captain, and we all did a run. <laughs> That's the same pub where a friend of mine fell out with the captain over something, got into a bit of a ruck well, a row with the captain in the pub and ended with my friend going, you know, fine, screw you. As he left, he spotted the remote for the pub TV on the bar and he just pocketed it on his way out so that the captain could oh. never change the channels. <laughs> <laughs> they put oh shit it's the captain i don't think he'd, he'd done any captaining in his life he was just a sad old alcoholic but anyway
0: it's just it's that 80s ballad the captain of our heart oh yeah that's what he was he was the captain of someone's heart probably so also if i was to just go and buy a ship boat tomorrow like a small ship boat for about 600 quid because i'm the only person on the boat and i own it does that make me a captain yes so I could call myself... i could I'm going to say that emphatically. I could self-proclaim to be a captain when I own, I don't know, a 12-foot-long shitty boat. Yeah. As long as <laughs> you, you go, wear oh, hat, i hat, you cap- have to wear a certain type of hat. You know the hat I mean. If you wear that, yes.
1: you're the captain.
0: I, I am the captain. You are. Oh, I forgot to say, the, 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 the drunk old fat man called the Colonel at the top of our road, the reason why he always stayed in my mind as a child was because he had an absolutely beautiful... Canary Yellow Alpha Sud. What? One of the early ones with the... Yeah, this was the weird thing. It was a car that didn't match him as a person. No, I thought you were going to say Rover P6 or P5 or P4 (laughs) even. I mean... Yeah, no, he had a 70s chrome bumper... Canary yellow Alpha Sud, and it was always very well polished on the drive. But I don't think I ever saw him drive it. But that's probably because he was always drunk. Well, so he, he just I just couldn't fit in it anymore.
1: What an, I, I would not have guessed. I mean,
0: he that. was a large. He was a large guy. I mean, he looked like a salmon had fallen down his trousers, but not like that. <laughs> You know what I mean <laughs> so hit the 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 cut the drunk colonel with the with the chrome bumper alpha wow. yeah,
1: mismatched people and cars there's a there's a topic for another day, but for now, I think we probably have to wrap this up so um I've been uh, Brigadier Richard Porter and he's Captain Johnny Smith and we will do another (laughs) one of these same time next week, Monday mornings. We're here, ready for your listening pleasure or near offer. Uh, In the meantime, do go and check out Johnny's Car Pervert YouTube channel where you'll find uh, his video of urban exploring around um, a bizarre collection of scrap cars. Uh, I'm going to go and watch that now because I feel bad that I haven't already. You do, you Um, should do. And if you're very bored... I've written a book of boring car trivia. It's available on Amazon. Go and buy
0: that. Blah, 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 blah.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) I think think that's all. It's good. It It features a marina door handle on the cover, which I love it because it's like a great piece of clip art. Yeah,
1: I made that from scratch, though, because weirdly, the clip art people haven't thought to do a marina door handle. So I had to make it myself in Photoshop. Um, I
0: I loved it. It was quite
1: time consuming.
0: It's, it's, remember we did it before, it's my best, Im- <clears throat> I've got to dry my lips for this, <clears throat> it's my best impression of a Land Rover Discovery 2 driving too fast past my house. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is, because you can't hear, you can't hear anything apart from the roof bars, and that's why I know that they're speeding in a 30. Wish Because roof bars don't whistle at 30. No. They don't, do they? They bloody don't.
1: Ah, the smoking gun. The whistling (laughs) (laughs) trail.
0: The captain of a heart. Uh, Good to talk, mate. See you next time. Mm. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Smithers Div Podcast is sponsored by Adrian Flux Insurance.